0: Welcome everyone. Week 7 is a close. Welcome to the Grata Booth College Football Reaction Show from a loaded Week 7 slate, SEC Pac-12, which we think is the best conference and a lot more. We're going to talk about all that and more on tonight's episode here on the Crowded Booth.
1: Pile in here and make yourself feel at home The Crowded Booth is coming on crowded booth with Bryce Coon. hello
0: everyone welcome hi Ralph I can put this listen- thing on audio I lost all audio during that I had no idea when the song was on oh Jesus it's okay is, is
1: this thing on things.
0: We're aren't. having a lot of technical difficulties tonight. Technical difficulties, but hey, we're ready to rock and roll. Absolutely loaded show. We're going to take a look at some of the week seven's best games. We're going to take a look at some of the storylines coming out of week seven and uh, maybe debunk, maybe talk a little bit about that. And then we're also going to go back into our top four and uh just want to shout out before we get started here. Dr. Bob did a fantastic job. He sent me our updated chart, which we all did terrible on this past week, by the way, but that's okay. Yeah. Nothing really changed. Maryland but, um, the list. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's for sure. So hey, we're we're ready to rock and roll. We're excited to talk about it. Welcome in, Ralph Leary, Will Manus. My name is Bryce Coon of the Crowded Booth. If you're in the show, whether it's live or after the fact, we appreciate you watching. And Jonesy is in here first. As you know, he be, be Doctor Bob to the punch. Be Doctor Bob to the punch tonight. But ladies and gentlemen, let's kick it off. With an SEC game right in my backyard, Will and I previewed this one on I Friday you said morning. We are
2: doing Week Seven's best games
0: <laughs> for one team. Said. For one said. team, it is yep. it is one of the best games. And look at Price one of the early, liar. one of the early comments, Will. They're ready. They're ready for you. LSU punishes Auburn in dominating fashion. You and I are going to take a longer look at this one tomorrow. Um, Jonesy is welcome, but let's. Let's walk through this. Uh, Peyton, the, the good. Here's the good. Peyton Thorne eclipses no 100 wrong.
2: yards. Wrong. You already, the good? No. Peyton <laughs> Thorne, no good. No good. I'm I'm back off to Peyton Thorne. I'm back on. Just go to uh, him. Let's just Thorne, go to him. Peyton I Thorne. That, oh, we're monologuing? Okay. He yeah, just go. Just All monologuing. Yeah. I was, I gave Peyton Thorne a ton of credit after that Georgia game because he played really well. It's the best game he's played in an Auburn uniform. Um, uh, you know i thought he had turned a corner could not have been more wrong uh the offense did not look good with him at quarterback um which is not a surprise because this team can't throw the football uh auburn finally throws for 100 yards in a power five games first time since last season i don't even know which game it was i try to not remember last season at least the first eight games of it um this is a running team this is this is a, a running football team and It doesn't work when Peyton Thorne's in there. Offense looked much better with Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford even threw a touchdown in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the Auburn perspective, there's a lot of – I'm going to read some names and stats. And if these guys are leading categories for Auburn, it's probably not a good game. True freshman Jeremiah Cobb. Love Jeremiah Cobb. I think he's going to be a great Auburn running back. Uh, But he's just a true freshman. Led the team in carries and rushing yards. Ten carries for 69 yards. no matter who it nice. is, if if yeah, nice. Uh, if you're only if your leading rusher has 69 yards, uh, you're you're probably not going to beat anybody. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Frazier was the leading receiver, three catches for 52 yards, and had that touchdown. Brandon Frazier, he's never. I think I think <laughs> may have, he may he may have tied his career total in catches in hey, this Will. game.
1: Well, I got yeah. your uh, your stat for you. Uh, the last time they threw over 100 yards against Bobby the SEC team. Uh, Arkansas last year, Robbie Ashford threw for 285.
2: Yeah, and everybody – and there's people that say he can't throw. Um, Rivaldo Fairweather, again, a non-factor. One catch for eight yards. He had four targets. Um, he's got to get the ball more. Camden Brown had two catches for 27 yards. Those were all back-to-back plays, by the way, in the second mm. quarter. Uh, a couple RPOs, those are probably the two best plays that, that Auburn's ran all year offensively. They ran them two times in a row, and they didn't run it again the rest of the game. Uh, I don't know who to blame for that. Uh, this offense has a lot of problems, but here, here's, here's the thing. We knew Auburn was going to have a lot of problems offensively this season. No yeah. matter all the new names and new faces Hugh Freeze brought in, it still was not going to be up to par. And it wasn't. This LSU offense is on a historical pace. Uh, and they kept that going. So that we knew this game was going to be tough, but I mean, Auburn looked defeated in the first quarter. It was it was 17 nothing after the first quarter, and they I mean the game was over. Uh that is a really good that's a that's a good debate. Would Jeff Sims be better than Peyton Thorne? That is a really good debate. Uh no. that's how bad Peyton Thorne has been. Uh, but you know. I didn't expect Auburn to get beat by thirty. That's embarrassing at any time and any. No matter how bad Auburn is, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, just there was, like I said, there's not a lot of good if you're if you're Auburn coming out of this.
0: Yeah, on the LSU side of things, you mentioned the historic pace, what they've been able to do. I mean, offensively, you know, I talked about this in the post game wrap up where. It's been Malik Neighbors. It's been Brian Thomas, and then Auburn said, "Oh, we're going to let another wide receiver shine, Kyron Lacey, who's just been kind of non-existent this year." Uh, it's really getting to the point now where I don't know how you defend this LSU offense. We're going to talk about that, you know, in the in the coming weeks. It's uh, hey, it's, look, it's Auburn, they're good.
2: Auburn defended Brian Thomas.
0: Yeah, there's just 17 other targets they can go to. Logan Diggs had 97 yards, averaged 5.4 a pop. I will say this: uh, Jaden Daniels the strides he has made. If this kid's not in New York, I mean, this, he is just unbelievable. You go back and watch right. some of the, uh the, pro- the progressions, the reads that he made, and you just got to kind of hand it to him. I, I think, I thought they did a good job.
2: Jaden Daniels. I think he'll be in New York now because he got some help from Vanderbilt this weekend, unfortunately. He did. But I, that yeah. may, that and may, and Notre put, Dame. Yeah. And Notre Dame. So that may put Jaden Daniels in New York. I don't think he'll win it, but man, he deserves the recognition. No doubt.
0: No, he he deserves recognition. He goes 20, 27, three, twenty-five. He had the interception, which once again, and I tweeted it out during the game. Jalen Simpson just continuing to make plays. Didn't get the pick, but he caused the tip up, and then it was obviously I, I say, intercepted.
2: I said it in our our show, our preview show. Auburn's got some NFL caliber players in the secondary, you know, yeah. so they can make plays. Jalen Simpson, no doubt. <laughs> that that's exactly right. Where you go, anyways? Exactly. Uh, Auburn's got NFL players in secondary DJ James Jalen Simpson for sure I think Nehemiah Pritchett will make an NFL roster not sure if he'll get drafted um, but I think he's an NFL caliber player and those three they're gonna they're gonna be gone from the secondary next year so yeah you know I think somebody asked me earlier today how I think Auburn's gonna be next year I said maybe not too much better Maybe I think one it, I, think it I
0: think it was me. I think it was me. I think I asked you. I
1: think it was you. Uh <laughs> I think I think we're so, missing one though, Will. You gotta, you gotta realize you gotta give some props to Eugene Asante. I mean, we've been talking about him all year. Yeah. This he, ball he's probably
0: the the backbone to that defense right now. No Let the team of tackles where they also had a big sack on Jaden Daniels. Um look, all of these these things about Auburn, let's let's from the LSU perspective. LSU needed to do this against an SEC caliber team. We saw they had done it against Mississippi State, but I think the big storyline for me was defensively. Uh, it was something where, you know, my, I mentioned my matchup to watch in this game was the Auburn receivers against the LSU defensive backs. I think LSU left feeling a little bit more comfortable with a guy like Zai Alexander. Uh, and, look, Auburn's receiver room, they, they missed. On a lot of the guys, they went and get the portal. Uh, look, but, look, when you when you go to the portal – for as large of a haul as both of these teams did. Uh, you know, LSU missed on, obviously, some in their defensive secondary. I think Auburn has missed some. The success rate's not going to be sky high. These guys are in the portal for a reason. So, you know, that being said, uh, Frazier, you know, Jay Fair, I, I knew it was go- things were going to be interesting when Jay Fair and Camden Brown ran out of the Auburn Tunnel, which is on the other side of the stadium. They come across the Auburn Tunnel. You know, sometimes guys have their headphones in. They're, they'll They'll do the walk down. Like, everybody does that. And LSU student section is already getting hype. Like, like neck has been played a little, like when once already.
2: This on Saturday, to not tell me things I don't want to hear.
0: At this point, when they come over there, and Jay Fair is like, like asking the crowd to get loud, and it started getting really, really loud. Now it was nuts. One of the, it was the best atmosphere. Obviously, fans said they've seen since the Alabama game last year. A big part of that was LSU was hosting. Some of the, you know, biggest recruits in the country, including 2025 number one quarterback Bryce Underwood. Uh, you know, this is a lot of big things right there. Jonesy says bowl game and Troy drags Auburn in the Birmingham I Bowl. Agree. Can't wait to be there. Uh, that would be – we're going to that one if that's if that's happening. <laughs> oh, All of those things being said, LSU is continuing to find a lot of different things. True freshman running back, Caleb Jackson, is a monster. I don't know. This is the same kid, and I know we've kind of talked about this, Jackson is the guy who shoved that guy, ran that guy over at Mississippi State. The hit that he had against Auburn on the re in live, it looked way bigger than it was. But he had the kick return that he almost took back for a touchdown. LSU oh, is yeah. going places. LSU's Joe going Tessetor places.
2: Joe was was really fired up. He said he ran over the Auburn guy.
0: The guy kind of I don't trying know trying to it tackle him he low. Slipped. He kind of slipped. He was he, trying to tackle really, him
2: low. Yeah. I mean, like uh, if you're running somebody over, you're like meeting them like you're. Like, the guy's not trying to tackle you low. He's just trying to wrap yeah. you up. In my well, That's my opinion.
0: Well, and, you know, Will's obviously on the continued train that, you know, that broadcaster hates my team, and that's fine. That's okay. I,
2: no, um, a problem no, I'm with just Jessica. kidding.
0: I'm just kidding. It, it'll be interesting. But, Go but
2: I do know, and this is the narrative I'm taking away. You just gave it to me. Auburn may only be a five-win team, but uh, we're we're still going to be everybody's Super Bowl, so feel good about that. LSU made this their Super Bowl, and they won by 30. Good for them. (laughs)
0: 48-18, LSU with a big win. You know, the one turnover, LSU averaged 6.1 yards per carry, 8.5 yards per play. They were six of nine on third downs, 563 total yards. The past five games they've gone over 500 yards. You mentioned it, Will. This offense is really starting to pick up some historical relevance when you talk about the 2019 team. The one thing that obviously is going to separate is the fact that Joe Burrow had 60-something touchdowns or 56. I can't remember. Daniels is not going to hit that mark. He had 60 total, I think, that year. I think 60 total. 56 passing, four rushing. Four rushing, I believe, yeah. He's not going to hit that, but when you kind of start to talk about what this offense as a whole is doing, it doesn't have the star power of that roster. But, man, production-wise, it's going to be very, well, very interesting. He I also can't had, wait to watch it.
1: He also had two very talented receivers that are both doing great things in the NFL and then a two- or three-receiver or a three- and four-receiver that were just as good and it's yeah. also doing good things in the NFL and then has a tight end who was very underrated. So, I mean... LSU's got very talented players, and you know, Jaden Daniels is doing everything he can to give them the ball. Just, you know, did you see the uh text that my uncle just sent you, Bryce?
0: No, I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah, seen you it. He's probably have something.
1: Seen oh, yeah, you'll love While
0: it.
2: Well, Bryce looks at that. I want to uh highlight Harold Perkins, who just plays defense for LSU with every position. Uh, four tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, a pass breakup. I mean, he, the guy does he... it all. He he was it Peyton
0: Thorne that he lit up? I mean he lit up coming uh, off the edge on that delayed blitz that one time. It was in
2: the I second half. Thorne. I I was pretty much checked out in the second half.
0: Might be. Might be. You know, a couple couple comments I want to get to here. This is obviously a big storyline we're going to talk about here later on the show. Can Alabama keep up with LSU in offense? No. I, I don't I, don't I mean so. I, I it's I don't I just don't know who's going to stop LSU offensively. I just don't know. Like I think that you start to look at teams offensively, and we're gonna talk about a couple. I think Washington can match it. Um, and I, I think an LSU-Washington game would be unbelievable to watch. Um, it would be a lot of fun. Key to success, appreciate you tuning in. I think LSU is coming to its own. We're hanging to Alabama about like the Arkansas game this week, but LSU comes in on top. We'll see, obviously, right there um, as well. Making fun of the haircut, Bryce the cut like that. Didn't use no white barber named Scott. Uh, you know, it wasn't Scott. It was a, it was a lady named uh, Sheila, but that's fine. Uh, we'll, you know, shout out to Sheila. She just butchered my hair. You want to see something crazy? Oh. said fingertip length. You ready for this? Fingertip length right here. And then we just get back here. We just got what? – what is this? What are we doing back here? What is that? Did you uh,
1: – where would you go? Did you go like a place down there or did you go to a great clip?
0: I, this guy just said, hey, go to this Quick Cuts or Quick Clips or whatever the heck it
1: was, and I just – Well, I went to a Great Clips one time and I got a fade, so I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's no. – no one wants we to see went to that. one in Columbus. Well, it was like – Victory Drive? Crazy. No, it was the one that Dicks over there.
2: 98% of their clientele are – uh i went there on Christmas. members Eve. of our military shout out yeah. to them
0: i didn't know where we're you were pro, that comment
2: we're a pro-military pro-american show unlike troy just blanking army how un-american
0: well i guess lsu is going to receive that same treatment this weekend they host army so yeah, it's yeah, uh gonna is, gonna well,
1: be... you think we were bad we will not be in my 19 just <laughs> i'm like taking me. the black i'm taking the black knights
0: it's, you know, no, there we go. This My wife makes me get a two all over my haircut, Dr. Bob. Let's roll to the next game. Let's talk. But LSU, obviously, a big win and kind of setting itself up to control its destiny. Don't count them out just yet, obviously, when you look at what they have going forward, too, as well. Tennessee survives in a battle with Texas and m guys. This game, this was an interesting one. We're going to talk about a storyline coming out, so I don't want to necessarily touch on that.
1: I think Tennessee still
0: has a long way to go in consistency-wise. Ralph, we'll start off with you in this one. Aggies, volunteers, your thoughts.
1: Well, I didn't get to watch the game, so I hadn't really got to watch much of anything on Saturday except for Auburn game on. Um, That's why
0: I told you to quit your job so you could focus on what really matters. But anyways, keep going. Sorry. That $500,000 loan we're still looking to get.
1: <laughs> uh, but look, I mean, I'm just going to go off some of the stat lines. I think Max Johnson did play his best game. Uh, Tennessee obviously showed up for once, I feel like, defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the consistency is not there. They're running the ball. They look like they actually ran the ball for the first time the best you know, all year long. Uh, Jalen Wright, obviously, played a great game. I'm not looking at the comments right now. Uh, Just go ahead. Uh, um, but yeah, this is this is a And team that we thought was going to be you know competitive this year all year long. You yeah. know, maybe beat Bama at home and carry that momentum going going forward. And I don't think they did very well. It, you know, obviously lost to Bama probably could probably still should have won against Bama, and then carried that to Tennessee. And you know, I have a lot of friends who are Tennessee fans, and they were saying AM is going to boat race us. It's going to be it's going to be ugly. And they were there, and they actually you know they're actually pleased with how they how they play which you know it is what it is they almost got shot that night too though so you know um yeah that's another story i don't,
0: I don't know that i don't, that, I, don't that, I don't know if that needed to be said sense.
1: well I'm, I'm just saying it's not safe on Knoxville when they win okay just, let's go ahead and say that right now um
0: I
2: mean, they weren't wearing maroon right I no they'd be okay wearing orange. yeah i figured they'd be okay
0: yeah, exactly. Where are we going with this? Where, where are we well, going with this? We go, we go so
1: many different ways, Bryce. But my thing going forward is, can Tennessee stay consistent? You got Georgia in a few weeks. You know, you're you're at Georgia, if I'm correct? or is at No, Georgia? you host Georgia. You host Georgia. You hope to God you, you get them on the, on, a, on a week with, without Brock Bowers. Because if you can, it's – And uh, they will. They will? Yeah. Oh, good? yeah. I mean, he's
0: not He's – we're going to talk about that. But, yeah, they will. He's not going to play.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so this is the Tennessee team, you know, You ride high on this one, but you got to be ready for the next few weeks. You still got some good games left to play.
0: Yeah, Tennessee. Look, I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Will you go ahead? What were your thoughts on this game while I get ready to look at the schedule?
2: I think this game a lot. A lot of this game, you got to give a lot of credit to the Tennessee fans for showing up, showing out. I mean, the home field advantage is so big in college football. I think that was a huge difference in this game. Really being that twelfth man and and really pushing them forward. Um, this is this is a different Tennessee team than we're used to seeing that we haven't that we didn't see under Josh Heupel last year, for sure. I mean, Joe Milton only threw for hundred yards. I mean, this yeah. is a running football team. Jalen Wright, one hundred thirty nine yards on nineteen carries. Uh, I mean, and we talked about how good this Texas A in front is. They did not have an answer. I mean, Tennessee really just out physicaled them on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, Tennessee wanted this game. I think that has the fans, the twelfth man, had a lot to do with that um but you know this tennessee team they're not i I don't think that they're going to beat georgia i think this is their their marquee win their big win on the season uh i just think too much inconsistency especially with joe milton he had that interception i think it was the fourth quarter
1: or Mm -hmm. he just stared down
2: the receiver and still threw it into double coverage i I mean he just watching
1: desmond ritter yesterday
2: oh yeah uh Milton can't get them over the top. But, I mean, this is a really big win for Tennessee. It's a great home win for them. Uh, it's going to really help them keep keep this momentum that Hypo started last year and keep it rolling. I mean, no matter how the season ends, you got a win against Texas A&M as talented as they are. You're going to be proud of it.
0: Yeah, they're going to face Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That's going to have to be a really, really hard one to win. Revenge factor, which is you – I mentioned this. Alabama has the benefit of two revenge games this year. They're going to get it home. This one against Tennessee and then a couple weeks against LSU, you often don't catch a Nick Saban team looking for revenge and getting you at home. That we, You just don't see that a lot. I, so I think that's going to be I very interesting.
2: We'll talk about this on Thursday, but big question coming to that one. Can Tennessee get off the mat again and do it two yeah. weeks in a row?
0: Can they yeah, do it? Yeah, that's it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I like this Tennessee team. You talk about the, the ability to run the football. I, you know, I continue to say that Squirrel White has to be a big part of their offense as well. We're going to talk about that. Um, you know, later this week. But, I don't know, you you just look all together. I mean, Squirrel White's had three catches, 29 yards. You know, the 11 yard, the 100 yards passing, they had 11 different receptions. They had 11 receptions. Five different guys catch those balls. So, I just think all together, you know, Milton added 50 yards on the ground. He's a big-bodied guy. We'll see. But I think, like you said, Will, this is this is a big win for them. It, not a, marquee win, they needed this one because, look – we can joke, people can joke and have their, you know, takes on social media, but Tennessee still controls, you know, its own destiny. I mean, in the sense of, you know, if Florida loses to Georgia uh, that game against Georgia late in the season could be another de facto SEC East title game. And who knows what's going to happen? Still a lot of football left to be played, even though we're, we're over still, that. We got to talk,
2: we got to talk about this Tennessee defense too. I mean, they oh, played man. really, really good. I mean, this, this is a complete 180 from what we've seen from Josh Heupel, even when he was at UCF. Mm-hmm. This is a, a ball control defense. They're just going to wear you down type of team. Um, and I hope Sam is watching because I've, I've, I've joked with him for two years about Kamal Haddon transfer from Auburn. Dude couldn't get on the field at Auburn, and he's turned into the number one corner at Tennessee. I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's Willie Martinez working his magic or what, but – Kamal had, had a really good game. He was on Evan Stewart a lot of the game, held him to four catches. Uh, but that defense as a whole, they play well as a unit. They got after Max Johnson. I, I mean, I don't know that he had a clean pocket for the majority of that game. He had somebody coming at him uh, almost every play.
0: Yeah, and, and look, the guy's just not a really – he's not a dynamic playmaker. He is a really good quarterback in the sense of delivering the ball, game manager, it's going to be really interesting. Another guy that stood out on that secondary to me was Wesley Walker, Jr., a former Georgia Tech defensive back that made the transfer up there a couple of years ago. Uh, he, You know, he was – he's really good. He had two – he had three total tackles in this game, a couple pass breakups as well. I mean, they're playing much better than I think people anticipated them to be able to play. Uh, and look, we're going to talk about Jimbo here, you know, in the next segment. More on that AM side of things later. Let's move on to the next game here as we keep it rocking and rolling. Missouri Mount's come back to hand Kentucky second straight lost, and I can't spell lost, but that's fine. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll change it, Ralph. Uh, I got it. You got it. Let's talk about this game. Missouri, <laughs> Missouri was down in, in this game, and the amount of comeback, Kentucky, you know, I talked about their home atmosphere, but this was a chance, and we, we talked about this going into the week, if you wanted to kind of keep up in the SEC race, you had to win this game. Mm-hmm. And Missouri answered the bell. I mean, guys, what they're able to do offensively at times is just really, really, really fun to watch. I mean, uh, Theo Wee's six catches, 58 yards for a touchdown. Luther Burton just had two catches for 15 yards. So what did they show me? They can win a game where Brady Cook doesn't throw for over two hundred yards. He has under seventy percent completion percentage. He throws interception. He's thrown three picks in the last two games, and they're one and one in those. So, Will, we'll start with you. I know you said this game was obviously a little boring uh, in the sense, but Kentucky has Ray Davis who emerged once again in this game. But man, they just they could not find an answer. Outscored twenty-one to seven in the second half.
2: Yeah, uh, Kentucky. They ran out to a fourteen nothing lead. I, I mean, I was just really watching the score. Uh, on the on the bottom line, and the studio updates, I was like, "Oh, well, that game's over." Kentucky at home at night, up two mm-hmm. touchdowns. This you can pretty much it's call inside this one.
0: the house that Kroger built. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, Kroger Field. Uh, but man, your boy Devin Leary had a bad game again. Two interceptions, just 120 passing yards. Uh, he has not adjusted to life in the SEC, um, and I think that just shows the the depth. I mean, if you want to compare the SEC and ACC, just look at Devin Leary. I mean, yeah. look at the, the the gap between the conferences. That dude was maybe the best quarterback in the ACC, and he comes to the SEC, and he's pedestrian at best. Mm. Um, but, you know, Ray Davis, they ran the ball well, 128 yards. Um, like you said, this Missouri team showed us a lot. They, they're, they're a very versatile team. They run the ball well, too. Schrader's a really good running back, had 71 yards and a touchdown, 20 carries. Uh, A bell cow back there for sure. Uh, You know, I've really been impressed with the program Eli Drinkwitz has built at Missouri. Um, To go on the road to Kentucky, where how Kentucky is now, you couldn't have said this five years ago, but you go into Kentucky and get a win, you got to feel pretty good.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, you look at what Missouri, how efficient they are six for six in the red zone. Ralph, once again, it was a night where not a lot of different things were clicking for them, but man, they just found a way to make those momentum shifting plays you got to give a, a team credit, like Will said, going on the road in what can be a tough environment and just finding a way to make it happen. It's what you have to do. Now Missouri's bowl eligible. That was something that I don't know if a lot of us thought coming into the season they would be. But Drinkwitz has all but quieted any concerns about his job. Uh, and look, it seems to have Missouri on a nice little trajectory, especially entering a pivotal 2024 season where the SEC is going to get it even stronger.
1: Yeah. And I think when you go into like a hostile environment as Kentucky, it needs, to, it starts with your defense, really. You know, you need to shut them down early, you know, make some plays. And I think Darius Robinson had a great job. He had two and a half yeah. sacks or two sacks, two and a half tackles for a loss. You know, just, you know, just setting the tone early, playing it, you know, playing it at, uh, at the level of, you know, high level of football, just showing up, doing what you can. And then, you know, when you slow your offense down you know you get that you get the, uh get the fans quiet you know, you let your offense work brady cook obviously you know did what he did needed to do doesn't have the greatest game in the world but he does just enough to get them in the, in the win they have to you know they're the ball very well as a team you know he just did just enough throwing the ball very well so you know missouri going forward this is this is looking good you're bowl eligible you're you know you have a chance you, know, you still mm-hmm. have Georgia on on that list there you know you only lost to lsu who is you know, right now, the mean the front runner of the SEC uh, West, sorry, it's just the SEC West right now. And you know, what what do you do from here on out? Do you just say, okay, we're both eligible. We just we're just gonna play, you know, you know, mellow football here. Or are we gonna go out there and try to beat some more teams and try to, you know, make a run for the top or the SEC championship? You know, you know, yeah. This is this is this is where you need to find out who you truly want to be and where you want where you want to be at in December. So the next few weeks really, you know, are going to be deciding what missouri really is this year
0: and to add on to that what you just said they're going to play south carolina at home which is going to be a big deal for them it's an afternoon game but then they're going to get a bye week before they head to athens that's huge and look you know they got to go down there that's not going to be easy The, you know georgia fans don't have a great home slate to choose from games they're going to get up for that game the fans are going to be rocking in athens for that one but man, if you can find a way, especially with some of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later about this Georgia team not having, uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. I'm just excited to watch. That's also going to be a Georgia team that's coming off what I think is going to be a physical football game down in Jacksonville against Florida. Um, so it, who knows? I mean, th- you want chaos? Missouri controls their own destiny in the SEC East, and I think right now you have to consider this season uh, a very a plus plus in, in my mind of what Eli Drinkwich has been able to do. Well, your thoughts.
2: I'm looking at the drive chart right here, and I really like how Missouri finished this game. Uh, Fourth quarter, looking at Kentucky's. Kentucky had three drives in the fourth quarter. Interception, interception, turnover on downs. And Missouri's defense held on and finished this game because their offense, uh, they finished a drive in the fourth quarter with a touchdown early and then kicked a field goal. with 317 left. So, it was really on the Missouri defense to close this game out. That's, I mean – Drinkwitz has done great on both sides of the ball, recruiting and, and developing. I mean, I think they're, they're coming into their own and being a complete team.
0: Yeah, I, I like the way Missouri's played, and obviously we're going to know once they get to the month of October and that first weekend in November when they head down to Athens. We're taking a step outside the uh, SEC now. We head over to the ACC where – look guys, there was a lot of question marks about how Miami was going to respond. Uh, Give them credit. They put up 31 points. This was a really good football game, but what stands out to me is North Carolina's offense and the kind of re-edition of Tez Walker, the reintroduction back into this offense for him, man, I don't know. Like, I know we got Georgia Tech fans in here, and they're going to say it doesn't matter. We beat them with Josh Downs, who was a good receiver. We beat them with Sam Howe, and I get that. But I think for what we're talking about here, seven weeks through the season, North Carolina is establishing themselves as a dark horse candidate to be in the conversation at the end of the season. I mean, they they've done exactly what they've needed to do, uh, and you know they beat a Miami team. They took care of business. Um, and look, Miami, for all the the you know the craziness that Miami went through last year or last week. They're still a talented team on paper. They still have some NFL talent around. But I, I don't know. I was, I was impressed with how Miami responded, but I think I'm really impressed with the way North Carolina is continuing to trend, especially at this juncture in the season, because it's a team that's also known, and we'll see in a couple of weeks, that's also known for you know losing games they shouldn't be losing. And right now, they took care of business on a weekend. Ralph, your thoughts on uh, North Carolina's performance? Yeah, I think I texted
1: you during the game. I said, man, dude, Ted Walker is going off right now. I mean, yeah, he's having." Dude. I mean, it, it was a great to see him bounce back. And actually, get six the catches,
0: one thirty-two, three touchdowns, nuts. Yeah, go ahead.
1: There's your reintroduction back to college football. After that, um, but like I said, I said last week, Amari uh, Hampton's got to get going. You know, let him yeah. do a lot of work. Let you know, let all the all that weight get off Drake May's shoulders. Let him play. Let him you know just do enough to win the game. And Hampton, twenty-four carries, one ninety-seven, and a touchdown. And it had a receiving touchdown. So, you know, you let Drake May get a little weight off his shoulders. Let him just play his game. He's got one of the, I mean, a, a super talented receiver. I thought I think a lot of people knew how good he really was, but didn't get to see it last year. So yeah. to be able to see it on on Saturday night was awesome. I mean, I was I was really excited to watch a lot of that game. Um, but going forward, being North Carolina, they control everything they want to do here. This is this is a team yeah. that if they want to be there in the playoffs, this is this they can do everything they can. You know, this you know do not let some team just walk in there and beat you when you're not looking. You know. Don't overlook anybody. We we saw we saw Miami overlook Tech. We saw you know they, they overlooked App State early on in the season. They almost mm-hmm. lost that game. So you know control what you control what you can. You know win your games when you need to. Do not let some team just sneak up behind you and, and beat you. This is this is a team that has lost big games and can lose games they shouldn't lose. So yeah, you know if you control where you go, wh- where you where you want to go, you got this. I mean, this is this is a very good
0: team. You mentioned letting Drake may do what he needs to do. This is about as balanced as you can be offensively. 273 through the air, 235 on the ground. To me –
2: You took the words out of my mouth, Bryce.
0: Yeah, to me – pause. <laughs> to me in this sense, UNC has been a team that I don't think has ever really found the balance since Mac Brown's been there, and especially when you talk about offense and defense. But, man, when they have their – and that's a fair point there, not about Mac Brown, so UNC's head coach, I expect to slope up. And that's – I'm going to walk through the rest of the schedule here in just a second. I'm just – you know, you did all that. you got to clean up penalties. 14 for 147 in this game. That was a little concerning. Another note I had. Yeah, I'll just – I'll go to the schedule and I'll hand it off to you. That's the theme of
2: every game we've looked at. The home team had more penalties than the, the road team.
0: It's weird. It's weird. weird um, North Carolina is going to host Virginia this weekend in Chapel Hill. Virginia is a borderline—I mean, FCS program. It feels like oh, at this point. Jesus. I mean, they're just pitiful. Uh, and that's on the CW, so three people will be watching that. Um, Georgia we'll Tech—they're they're going to—they're going to Georgia Tech um, on October twenty-eighth. That's going to be Tech's homecoming. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Tech's beaten in the past two years, and so it's Tech's <laughs> homecoming. Well, as long as they don't wear the Adidas jerseys, they'll be fine. Uh, those black jerseys, they'll be all right. They play Campbell, the Fighting Camels, after that. Um, oh. And then they end the season, which is going to be the hey, North two. Carolina Duke game, which will be yeah. great, and then at Clemson. And then if they, if gonna they get bad, there. Right? I saw Dr. Bob put something in there about, and we're going like to get like to that Four to
1: five weeks for him, too. He had a little, same, almost the same procedure that Brock Bowers had about two weeks ago. That and, tight robe ankle surgery. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he should be back Got for the game. Run.
2: Medical expert, Dr. Bob.
0: No, he's still an intern because he's unpaid. So, um, <laughs> so are we all interns? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Uh, they're going to go, they're going to play Duke at home and then they're going to go to Clemson. And then you would figure if they can take care of business, they'll probably play a Florida State team in the ACC title game. I mean, I don't know, guys. I really, really, really like where North Carolina is trending. Look, a lot of people are going to buy the stock. A lot of people are going to be excited about it, and Dr. Bob does confirm Leonard will be back then, um, or should be. I shouldn't say he confirms that. There's no sure. way he has any. Honestly, hey, Dr. Dr. Me Bob me goes. Doctor. Dr. Go, says high ankle sprain with a tightrope procedure is four to six weeks. It's why Ryan Leonard won't play this week against FSU unless the sprain wasn't really a high ankle. Take it from me. I'm a doctor. Um, that being said, love North Carolina. Let's rock and roll to the next game. And I think we have two more. We're stepping once again out of the ACC. We're going to the Pac-12, which, uh, on the record, we've got it out there. Ralph had a comment a couple years ago that the Big Ten was the worst conference in college basketball. They ended up dominating in the tournament that year, which was hilarious. <laughs> Ralph once again has has put his uh, his stamp of approval on the fact that the ACC is better than the Pac-12, no. and that's okay. This is in college football. That being that was, said. That was, that was
1: 2020 season, wasn't it? I don't remember what it was.
0: I don't remember what it was. I think it was.
1: I don't want to say I, it was like I said Illinois wasn't nearly as good. And they were not
0: Yeah, it. was. it was kind of crazy.
1: But who won, who won the tournament that year? Not a big team team.
0: Oh my, I don't even know who won it because I don't care. Um, the Washington Outlast. Out that, yeah. Well, we're not going to have that guest on ever again. That's all I know. Washington Outlast, Oregon, in an instant classic. Guys, this might have been the best game of the year. Um, it's gonna be really, really, really hard to, to top this one. Will I want to start with you? A lot of people questioning Dan Lanning's um calls. Lanning owned up to, you know, a couple of those calls and his post-game presser. To me, this one just seems as somebody had to win it. Like these are still two. I, I don't I don't leave anything with Oregon thinking eh, they're not as good as I thought they were. I think both of these teams are super good in Washington, just the one that maybe took round one. We'll see if round two happens. What were your thoughts on this one?
2: Uh, yeah, I really hope there's a round two. Um, I didn't learn much from this game. It was about what I expected. Three point spread and it, and it ends a three point uh, difference. Um, Oregon based on the numbers, should have won this game. If Dan Lanning takes the points, if his kicker makes the field goals. Um, but I, I don't have any problem with being aggressive. Washington, Kalen DeBoer, he was just as, just as aggressive. Both went for fourth down three times. Uh, Washington got two out of three. Oregon got none. But Oregon, 541 total yards. Bo Nix throws for 337. They run for 204. Really balanced. I mean, this team's really good. Um you know, I'm disappointed because I've been on Oregon all year. Said Bo Nix was going to win the Heisman Trophy. This probably knocks him out, puts Michael Penix in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. uh, especially with uh, Caleb Williams, and we'll talk about that uh, more later. But man, this was this was fun. This was as advertised. This is this is what you want on on Saturdays. <sighs> gaudy numbers from everybody. I said it, 337 for Bo Nicks, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Michael Penix, 302 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Bucky Irving, 127 yards on the ground, running for a touchdown. Troy Franklin, 154 yards receiving. Roma Dunzi, eight catches, 128 yards, two he touchdowns. He is a monster. If you didn't know mm-hmm. who he was before this one, you know now. Yeah, I mean, he I saw looks the
1: like – I saw him looking in like Cal a few weeks ago. That was crazy. That's the one you need to go watch that one. He, he has like a toe tap just in the corner, just like there's no way he caught that. And then they reviewed it, and it's just, it's crazy.
2: Roma Dunzi is, he's looking like a first round pick. No doubt about it. Um, with more hype, he could be the number one receiver taken. He does, obviously, doesn't have the hype or the name power uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. does, but yeah, Marvin Luther Harrison hasn't Burton, been too great this year. Uh, Jalen Polk, 118 receiving yards. Gaudy. Dylan Johnson ran for 100 yards for Washington. I mean, just really fun game back and forth. Um, you know, like I say, I don't have a problem with landing, being aggressive on fourth downs. When you're going up against a good team, a really good team like Washington, really good offense yeah. on the road, you got to score touchdowns to win the game. You're going to lose yeah. by kicking field goals against an offense that good. May not have happened in this one if his kicker uh, makes makes those kicks. But I mean, Oregon was really good on third down, so you felt good about him going for it on fourth down. They were ten of sixteen on third downs. You just reading all these numbers, you would have thought Oregon won the game if you didn't the score. So you know, nothing really changes in my mind between these two teams except Washington goes above Oregon for me, just because I had Oregon slightly ahead of Washington, but. It's so much fun. I mean, I wish yeah. I yeah. I'm really hoping for a round two. Oh
1: yeah. A little yeah. neutral fight round two would be great. In Vegas. That'd
0: Ooh-hoo. be a lot of fun. At the home of UNLV. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a, a ton of fun. Ralph, uh I I'm not 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 trying to correct you here, but I did want to just to show off how crazy this is. Luther Burton's not draft eligible. Mm-mm. He is a true he's sophomore. Tall? That's oh, that's how crazy good this kid is about to be. I, and it's kind I, of thought, it's, to think I
1: about. thought he was a two
0: 2021 and now a 2022 guy. That's what's oh, it's wow. nuts. It's crazy, crazy to think really, about like he's so so good too. number one receiver next year. That's a valid yeah,
1: argument absolutely. with what he can Probably, do. Probably
0: absolutely. I wanted to throw this far throw it over to you, Ralph. You mentioned Will Romadonzi, you, you kind of took this game, you know, and, and ran with it here. I, I think just overall, like I think these are two these two teams should be in the top five. I just think so. Um, you know, they're just really really good football teams. And Washington man, the job that Kalen DeBoer has done there in such a short amount of time. You talk about a program, you talk about a program in Washington that's in a good market. Um, but it's not necessarily, I would say a it's not a traditional power. You know, it's not really game. a
2: college football market.
0: No, it's not a, it's not really a college football. Obviously it's not a big NFL market.
2: College football but, destination.
0: And if we're honest with ourselves, you know Washington was kind of wandering after you know Chris Peterson decided to kind of hang it up. So where did they go? And man, they they hit on this. I mean, Kalen DeBoer has done a fantastic job, and I think it's a team that's positioning itself really, really well when it talks about the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten's the Big Ten loved this. Like, let's just get the folks the the folks that signed these media deals absolutely loved watching this game because the revenue that's going to come in, obviously, off of these two teams. And uh, yeah, it's great. Ralph, any kind of closing thoughts on this matchup?
1: Look, I mean, I know Will and I are both been, you know, high on these quarterbacks all year long. And, um, I, I mean, I've been with them on Bo Nix and Oregon, honestly, just as much as I have been in Washington. And this matchup was the one that, you know, will decide who, who is better, but I, I want to see a round two though. I truly do. I, I think yeah. round two would be a lot better game. I think overall, um, you know, home field advantage plays a lot in college football. It truly does. I know we, a lot of people say, well, home field advantage doesn't play enough in, in NFL. I'm like, well, this NFL, no, no, no fans are really that passionate. Um, you go to college, though, college fans are crazy. Ralph, you've got
2: to be careful with these takes, buddy. Well, I do,
1: I do
0: not care about the Chiefs fans <laughs> right now. Well, yeah. I will say that they're, they're, it doesn't compare. It, it, it does NFL, NFL yeah. does not compare.
1: I'll say this: eighty-seven thousand in Jordan Hare is a lot more exciting to be around than like seventy or ninety-five thousand in you know Arrowhead. I'll say that right now. Mm. Um, but uh, look, I know you. I know you. That's a hot take, but it, I mean, let's be honest here. Auburn's a lot more fun to be around in their football season, in my opinion. Auburn's a lot but, more
0: fun to be around when they're five and seven yeah. than the Miami Dolphins are when they're ten and two. I agree. But so, or whatever's
1: going on
2: in Atlanta,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, Bo Nix, he, you know, he did not play a bad game. And I, I saw someone say that Bo Nix didn't do enough in this game. I just that's a terrible take. Bo Nix played a great game, uh, he did everything he could do against a very good Washington team. This is not a terrible Washington this team. This is a team that you know, we go we throw it back to like when they had Jake Browning at quarterback and they were in the playoffs, they were hmm. very, they were like, everyone thought. No, they're, they're just a little. You know, went and played Alabama first round, got blown out. This is not the same Washington we team we saw that year. This is a completely different team with a high powered offense who can throw the ball, and they're yeah. going to win games. They're not. They're not going to get blown out. I mean, I, I said that a, about a few weeks ago. I said Washington Washington State's going to be a high scoring game. If you in, a few, in a, you know in the season, I completely disagree with that now because Washington State's terrible. Um, but going forward, you know Washington they 're gonna be there in 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 Vegas at the end of the season they're probably gonna see Oregon again I don't think USC can even stop Oregon at this point um after what I watched on Saturday but I just want to say one thing shout out to Tess Johnson former Troy Chojan you know they're catching passes from his stepbrother uh Bo Nix mm-hmm. it's, it's great to see that, that uh those two play with each other it
0: really is yeah Tess Johnson seven catches 71 yards I mean this 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 matchup was amazing let's let's move on to the next game because uh, one go ahead
2: one more nugget. Um, what the heck did Desmond Howard say on game day? If you All didn't right. see it, I'll probably put it I didn't, in. I'll I will put it, see it. So. I'll put it in the Discord. Shout out Discord. Jump in the Discord if you want to see whatever Desmond Howard was chanting. <laughs>
0: I don't know, really what, know what to say. It's,
2: I'll, you'll, I'll show you later. We don't have time at, for that.
0: Last game we're going to talk about here tonight. Notre Dame dominates USC in front of the home crowd. Um, let's just – let let's. I mean, just cut to the chase here. We thought it was going to be a weather thing. I think the weather was absolutely perfect. Uh, Notre Dame still dominated. I mean, you know, Estime is is just a mountain of a man and just running through people. Notre Dame, though – I don't. I don't. I didn't. I I don't know because I haven't looked at the film like a lot. Essentially, watched the game a lot. I don't know if Notre Dame was just disguising stuff so well. I want to do. I do want to give credit to Marcus Freeman because when you have a, people are going to take two different things. They're going to say, "Well, Caleb Williams actually sucks," and now you see what happens when they play a real team. That's not true. Caleb Williams is very very (laughs) good. I do want to give credit to the fact that Marcus Freeman them obviously did something that surprised Caleb Williams and threw him off and, and disguised different things. This Notre Dame defense it shows you why I think that they're going to be just fine with Marcus Freeman. And I will say this too: I think they have an opportunity to reach better heights that they did than they did with Brian Kelly. I think I think Marcus Freeman can win a national title at Notre Dame just from a recruiting perspective, with the idea of well, also with the idea like of. That. The like transfer him. portal and, and and where we are in college compared to where Kelly was, I think that uh, I think
2: somebody clip that and see yeah, Brian can. Kelly, so he, Bryce
1: can he answer he that this care. week. He doesn't
0: know, know who Bryce is, um, dude. He's not like Butch Jones, who made a comment about <laughs> Tennessee losing to all, Florida at his Arkansas State press conference. Meanwhile, that man's crying on the sidelines now. Or, it's yeah, champion of life. Anyways, that's my take on this game, real quickly, because we got a lot of stuff to get to here. Notre Dame dominates yep. the crowd. Sam Hartman's really, really good quarterback. Notre Dame's a solid football team. They just have had a just a brutal stretch of games. Will, real quick.
2: Yeah. Uh, story of the game, the running game for Notre Dame, 125 yards on the ground, uh, four yards a carry, less than three for USC, and turnovers and penalties for USC. Nine penalties, 75 yards for USC, three picks for Caleb Williams, uh, and they lost two fumbles. I hmm. mean, if you create turnovers – and you don't turn the ball over, easy recipe. That's what Notre Dame did.
0: Yeah, and real quick, Ralph, as we go back to you on this one, Sam Hartman just had 126 yards passing the ball. I mean, but they just played great defense, and they just took advantage of mistakes. Real quick, Ralph.
1: Yeah, uh, I got watched a lot of this game. I've touched Bryce said Notre Dame's exposing USC for once. Um, This is a defensive-minded coach. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, he he knows how to you know, face these kind of quarterbacks. He did it for so many for so many years under Kelly as a, as a DC. He's doing a great job here right now. They're only going to get better. That's the thing. Notre Dame's only going to get better because Marcus Freeman's a great coach. He's going to recruit really well, and they're going to get very good, very good team in the next few years. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about that one.
0: I have no clue how to pronounce this, okay? But the trophy. Shalala. The Shalala I Trophy.
2: You, I think that's how you pronounce
0: it. I was going to say the Shalala Gah, but you know, it is what it is. The Shalala Trophy. <laughs> Guys, that trophy is amazing. That's one of the really, really good trophies of College football. I remember playing for it like on NCAA 7 because they'd actually show cool graphics. Uh, but, anyways, that's all we got to talk about that. Let's take a quick commercial break because we got a lot to wrap through here. We're going to talk about storylines and we're going to get to our top four to round out tonight's show. Hey, you're watching the Crowd of Booth. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey everyone, Bryce Kuhn here with the Crowded Booth, and I'm excited to partner with Milton and Drew McCluskey as they get on their new venture, the Cajun Cousins Company. It's an all-stop shop for some of the best food and atmosphere entertainment that you're going to be able to have, especially this fall as college football is right around the corner. What is Cajun Cousins Company? Well, Milton decided to start this business back in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where they're based out of. Drew initially joined him after spending some time with the Saints, but they offer catered Cajun delicacies such as crawfish boils and Aunt Dottie's jambalaya. They bring everything and they can set up anywhere. Look, folks, they're passionate about giving people a reason to gather and to get to the culture that they love so much. They're expanding that brand to the low country of South Carolina, the upstate area, and other areas of the southeast. So look, if you're going to throw that tailgate party or you're going to have a big gathering, Reach out to Cajun Cousins Company today over at CajunCousinsCO.com to get that quote. Tell them the Crowded Booth sent you. We can't wait to see what they have in store this fall. Back here at the Crowded Booth, thanks so much for Cajun Cousins sponsoring the show. Make sure to contact them for any catering needs, whether it's all across the southeast or you're located close to South Carolina. They'll come anywhere, and uh, they they have a good time. We appreciate them. Let's talk storylines. Let's talk about this because we're gonna go over our hour time limit. That's absolutely okay though. Is Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat? Guys, this is a legitimate question. I don't know what the buyout number is is specifically at right now. Was it 10 million last year? Ten million. It was seven. It was a hundred and something million last year. If it was ten, they would have fired him. If it was ten million (laughs) dollars,
2: they
1: would have fired him. Well,
0: my bad. It's like seventy something million, I believe. Like it's like it, it's it, it's a big chunk of change. I, I I need to see what it is. Okay, that I'm means,
2: I'm I'm pulling oh yeah. it up.
0: You you saying. pull it up. It, it's it's gonna be very very interesting here. The shillelagh. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what Trevor appreciate, Donald. Rob. Anyways, Ralph, I'll, I'll go. Will's gonna talk about this. Mm-hmm. You look at Texas and schedule the rest of the way. Okay, um, man, I, I don't know. Like I, I think that there is going. I think the expectations over there are way too high. It's, so they might seventy six point eight. Seventy six point eight. I was
2: gonna let Bryce finish talking, but okay.
1: oh, apologies.
0: That's fine. That uh fine. yeah, I, look, is he on the hot seat? Like like let's let's talk about this because Fisher has underperformed, no doubt about it. Now I think that too, there have been there has been signs of the ability to have a you know uh, a cognitive offense have a, a a offense that can move the football will we've mentioned they've built a really stellar defensive line talent wise it's just getting the talent out of these kids and getting that to transition to the college level so will we'll start with you in this is jimbo fisher on the hot seat and could we see this his tenure in college station end this year as we kind of sit a little over the halfway mark of this 2023 season
2: Is he on the hot seat? The easy answer is yes, but I don't think he gets fired after this season because I don't think they're going to shell out $76.8 million to tell him to get out of town. Um, Jimbo Fisher, I mean, I could go on for a whole hour talking about Jimbo Fisher and how he's the most overrated college football coach in the country. The guy Mm -hmm. pushed a legend out, one of the best coaches of all time, Bobby Bowden, pushed him out of Florida State, and won a championship with mostly Bobby Bowden players, or he rode the coattails of Bobby Bowden at the very least, to that national championship, did nothing after that, and goes to Texas A&M, buys the best recruiting class, and has done nothing. Uh, his yeah. best year was the COVID year, so put an asterisk on it. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is – he's just, hes not a good head coach. I mean, he's, he's a guy that – I think everybody takes joy in beating. Uh, Jonesy said it best. He looks like a guy you just want to slap. He's exactly right. Uh, and he's built a staff, at least this year, that you want to slap as well. Um, Texas a and I think they're going to stick with him. Uh, I think he is on the hot seat, but he's not going to go anywhere. And I think he he seems to have the personality, because he did, and he's got the track record. He did this at Florida State he's just going to write out that money. They said if you want to fire me, pay me. Same thing Byron yeah. did at Auburn. Like they're going he's going to make them fire him and pay him all that money. His has a 94 million dollar contract fully guaranteed. Nice. You know, I really I, I don't really have a problem with that because they committed the money to him and it's it's signed, it's on paper. But um you know, I, I, the guy's going to get his money. Props to him. I wish I could, I could have 94 million dollars guaranteed to me. I would I would write it out too because I knew I was gonna get paid. Um, and it's funny that Jonesy said that because I saw from the great Twitter account, Message Board Geniuses, some screenshots from Texas Saints message boards. Somebody put that exact thing on the message board. They said, yeah. can, can we get Mel Tucker's girlfriend to call Jimbo?
0: It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Here's how this kind of works. We talk about the buyout situation. Unlike a ton of buyouts, this is guaranteed no matter how much you go down. So, you know, the percentage owed is not going to decline at any point. It is 100% of the remaining. So whether I'll push back on this, whether or not we'll. They're willing to pay it. They're going to have to pay it at some point, whether he is as the head right. coach or whether he is not. Now, the question is going to be can they stomach doing that while still having to go get a coach and pay him as well? That's going to be something that yeah, I think that's where
2: $10 million a year. Yeah,
0: that's even yeah. where it is. So, you know, after this year it goes down to 67, 2026 goes down to 48. So for me, the argument of well, you know, they don't want to pay that, they're going to have to pay it no matter what. Like, but like you said, I, I think that is very true too. You know, you look at the rest of the schedule, and A&M is off this weekend. You know, thank God for that for them. They can't lose the bye. Um, they're going to play South Carolina at home. They've got to win that game. Like, you have to win that football game. Uh, you're going to go to Ole Miss. I don't think you win that game there. Uh, they're going to play Mississippi State. You better win that game because Mississippi State's not very good. You play Abilene Christian. If you lose that game, you fire him on the field, you hurt no Edwards him. You have and then you, them. then you go to LSU, where if that game was in College Station, I think that's one of the big reasons they won that game last year. Going to Baton Rouge, where a chance for LSU to clinch a spot in the SEC title game, potentially. All of these things said, you could say there's potentially at least two more losses if you feel comfortable pincing in Ole Miss and LSU.
1: You
2: can't. I don't think you can fire him this year, and he's got a really good argument with Connor Weidman going down because this offense oh, is yeah. a major step yeah. back. Going from Wegman to Max Johnson. Connor Wegman's just a dynamic playmaker, at quarterback, fearless, pinpoint accurate. Just and, and it shocked me. I think it shocked all of us how much better Connor Wegman is than Max Johnson. So that's gonna buy him at least another season. Um, but I, I don't know that they're gonna pay him and pay another coach ten million dollars a year.
0: I will say this. I think they got the pockets for it. They've got the pockets for it. Can they stomach it? That's gonna be that's gonna be the big thing. Um just yeah. You, everybody has the money it's to do crazy. it,
2: but it's a matter of will they do it?
0: Auburn is, they're paying three coaches currently, right? Is that correct?
2: That's, that's the, that's standard operating procedures at Auburn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just another day. It's just a Tuesday. It's just a Tuesday on, on the planes. No, it's going to be
2: still getting paid. He just got a raise from UCF. <laughs> Brian Harson's down somewhere, probably still in Mexico that's hanging true. out with his wife.
1: He's in Cancun with Braves.
2: Money. And, yeah, and uh, paying Hugh Freeze to get beat by 30. But it's your one.
0: It's your one. Will is ecstatic. He Will is really pumped to do the show tomorrow. Um, oh. Let's move on to the next one here. Is Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat? we we'll go to the next topic here. Storyline's coming out of week number seven. Can Georgia's offense survive without Brock Bowers? I think it's a very interesting question, Ralph. I'll go with you first. From what we understand about Brock Bowers, and I know Dr. Bob talked a little bit about this. Um, you know, a lot of different people have said, "Is this a guy that will try to come back?" Um, I think he will. Like, I think if Georgia is in a position to make the college football playoff, he's going to come back. If Georgia is just going to random bowl game seven, they're not going to. Like, unless if Georgia is in a spot to go to the college football playoff, I think he comes back to play. Uh, that being said, we'll Ralph, your thoughts. In the meantime, they've got to navigate a schedule, Ralph. They've got to go to Tennessee. We talked about that. They got to play Florida, What I think is going to be a physical game in a great atmosphere. They got to play Ole Miss at home. Um, you know, and then they got a couple cupcakes after that as well. That being said, what 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 do we do here? Like, if you're Georgia and you sit here and say offensively, I don't think it's a question if you have the weapons. It's more of can they step up. Like, can, can the guys and the talent of the roster step up?
1: I think the, the number, number one, you know, answer to that is Oscar Delp, the backup tight end, the other guy who plays just as much as he does, who's, who's showing out a lot in these games. You know, doesn't get nearly uh the passes thrown to him as much as Brock Bowers does, but he can play. I mean, he's a very talented uh, tight end. He's athletic. Um, he's a little taller, I'm pretty sure. I think he's like, he's he like six. I think?
0: I think so. Um, a little lean. Yeah, I mean, yeah he's taller he's a little, and a little leaner.
1: Yeah, but, you know. You gotta find ways to a dish little. out the you know, <laughs> yes. You gotta true. dish out. You gotta dish out <laughs> all the uh, ability that Brock Bowers has. You gotta find a way to man. You you can't just expect one person to step up. You gotta use a multiple guys. You know, Larry McConkey's really hadn't played much this year because his injury. You know, when he gets fully healthy, would he be able to step up, take a you know big part of that? Oscar dope obviously. rah Rod Thomas, Dominic Lovett. I mean, all these guys have got to step up and you know make plays for this offense. Obviously, in your run game. You know, your run game's been it's, – it's a shocking run game that we have not seen at all out of Georgia this year. Just no one really stepped up to be the number one running back. Um, it, It's just – it's not your normal Georgia team that we're used to. So, without Brock Bowers, where do you go from here? I think you just you, – you have to just, like, you know, pass – you know, dish out everything. You know, find mm-hmm. guys who can step up. You know, so this, this week in practice is a big one for Georgia. You know, yeah. who's going to be who can step up for 19? Who can who can step up and who can be this guy we can get the ball to when we're down a score and we need to go downfield and score quick? You know, you go back. I know I don't want to talk about it, Will. I'm sorry. We go back to the Auburn game. If there was if there was no Brock Bowers in that game,
0: I, I, I'm pretty sure George or Auburn, Auburn wins that game. I, I yeah. 100% would believe that he's been such a big part, right? And, and you we mentioned Oscar Delp, Delp six foot five, 245, Bowers six foot four, 240. Listed on Georgia's roster. So, you know, with what Georgia's going to do, yeah, Oscar Delp's a really, really good weapon. They've also got a guy in Lawson Lucky who's another freshman as well that I think is really, really good. I think you've got yeah. to get guys like Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Love more Spurlin. involved. Pierce Sperlin, another Six guy. Six um,
2: seven. Yeah, it's just it's, another
1: freak it's, it's, in that tied,
0: it's end tied in you. I mean, it's just un it's ungodly what they're whoa, able to whoa, whoa, grow over there. Hold on hold um, on,
1: watch it. Iowa has something to say about that, dude.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't get mad on this show. I could care less what our Iowa does outside of Caitlin Clark. Nothing's interesting on that in that entire program. I'm not talking about um, now, but
1: tight end you is Iowa with who they put. Yeah, it out. Correct.
0: Yeah, I mean, correct. sure, you can be entitled to your opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, just call me when they win something in a game. You know, and they, and they do something. You said tight end dude, I'm gonna be honest. I could absolutely care less what Iowa does. It's one of the more the, yeah, you just got you just absolutely fire. And I think it's because my hatred for Luca Garza. But you know, you <laughs> I, I absolutely hate Iowa and I think it's I I think Iowa's terrible for college football. Like I'd just say I think it's terrible for they, college they, football. They the model that me. they put out there
1: just fire the coach. Yeah.
0: Well anyways, anyways. Sorry fire about fire that.
1: Fire the school into the sun.
0: You got to just move on to the next topic. Can they survive? Yeah, they've got 17 five stars, everyone on the roster. They're going to be okay. Like, it's not, this is not, I mean, yes, is Brock Bowers really good? Yeah. Is he one of the best players in college football? Yeah. Is he it one is. of the best non quarterbacks in college football? Yes. Is. <laughs> if, you know, if Georgia can I'll say this, if Georgia cannot. Win the rest of their schedule without Brock Bowers, then they're not as they're not the number one team in the country, and they're not as good as we think they are. Um, and I think that we're gonna have to see some things step up. Rara Thomas is gonna be one of those guys. Dominic Love it. I'm gonna tell you right now, Lad McConkey is not a hundred percent healthy in in any sense. They he is on a pitch count the rest of the season. They are not going to use him. Thank you, Dr. Bob. I was a joke. They shouldn't be playing football. That's beautiful. It's just, I (laughs) I mean, it's like watching Georgia Tech under Jeff Sims. That's what that's like watching. It's just awful. Yeah, sure. Dude, yeah. Put Jeff Collins, Brian Harson on the same staff together, and let's watch that. That's what it's like watching Iowa football. That being said, just please me on this storyline. Has beer ball run its course? I don't ever want to talk about that again. Um ever mention Iowa on this podcast ever again. Has Beamer Ball run its course? Let's be honest. It's a disappointing season so far for South Carolina fans. They wanted to be in a better position. Will, they are brutal up front. And I know you picked South Carolina to win this game. You thought coming out, you know, they'd play a little more physical. I'm going to say this. I feel bad for Spencer Rattler. He is He's playing well. Like, the last play aside that he was, you know, he threw the pick and everything. It kind of feels like if he doesn't play well, they're just feeble. Like, they're just terrible. Uh, They lost a lot in the portal. But, you know, this whole idea of Beamer Ball being able to capitalize on so many different, you know, kind of weird things throughout a game, yes, you have to be able to do that to be a good football team. But they've got to improve the talent on this roster dramatically, I think, because that's going to grow old, especially when you lose to a team two years in a row that you kind of felt like you should have beaten Florida.
2: Yeah, I mean, they were decimated by the portal. And they're really young up front on that offensive line. I've got the mm-hmm. schedule pulled up, and there's a a, a number of true uh, freshmen on this roster. I don't know the roster well enough to know who starts and who doesn't, but I know that they're very young up front. They're bad up front. Um we gotta ask the question: What is Beamer ball? I mean, we're we're kind of throwing Beamer ball was obviously. So I mean, his I mean, it is this,
0: yeah. So I and, mean, I mean,
2: winning, winning with defense and special teams at Virginia Tech—that's Beamer yeah. ball. Is that? I don't think that's Shane Beamer ball, no, at all. Uh, I would say but,
0: Shane Beamer ball so far this season, or so far in his tenure, has been opportunistic teams, yeah, teams no that take advantage. Yeah, and, and so, but you can't rely on that. Like no. you can't. You, they've got to. That's why I said they got a bit up the talent on this roster.
2: Yeah, I, it it'll come for them. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's going to start up front. That offensive line's got to get better. Um, I think I think he's built um, a pretty decent program over there. I mean, they're you talk opportunistic. They're they are going to have to be opportunistic in every sense of the word. Uh, they're number two in their state still, uh, behind Clemson. But yeah, you can you can pluck guys out of the portal from Clemson, from Georgia, from Tennessee, from Missouri, the teams you're playing against every year, you can pluck some players and build up to that to those teams' level and get there. Uh, but, yeah, Jonesy says it, the, the Cardinal sin, blaming his players. He's got to stop doing that. If he if he won't stop doing that, he's got another year at most. Yeah. Um, that's really bad. Um, and I've been saving this. I almost said it earlier. But losing at home to Florida in October—that's a fireball fireball offense.
0: It Words is. It is.
2: I can't even get it out.
0: I'll also say this too. I didn't think we would reach a point where we're talking about in the first three seasons of you know what he's able to do. Or the first couple of seasons, you start to look at the record, and it's eerily similar to Will Muschamp's tenure as the head coach at South Carolina. Uh, you know, it's it's eerily similar. Now do it's going to be interesting. Don't it's gonna be interesting. There's you know how Beamer I feel
2: is, about Will Muschamp. My be- doppelganger. You know how I feel about my Doppelganger.
0: Beamer is now seventeen and fifteen at South Carolina. He's got back to back road games at Missouri, at A and M. I mean I don't know. He's it, it's going he's I think South Carolina is staring a six and six or worse season right in the face. That that's what I, I think. I
2: think you still be patient with Beamer. If you wanna compare him to yeah. Muschamp. Champ. Muschamp had like the backwards career path. His first head coaching Very job true. was at Florida, a marquee program. And then South Carolina and now back to being a DC. Beamer was not a head coach. He wasn't even a coordinator before getting this job. He was just the tight ends coach mm-hmm. at, at Oklahoma. So and and South Carolina I think is a good place to be patient with the guy. You know, like I say if they can pluck guys in the portal, if he can
1: <laughs> Yeah.
2: Getting roasted yeah. in the comments. Yeah. If you uh, if you can can keep being opportunistic, get, hit well in the portal, recruit as good as you can. Which you, South Carolina's recruited really well in the past. It was Steve Spurrier. Will Muschamp recruited really well there. You can definitely win at South Carolina. Can you win national championship? Maybe not, but you can still be successful. But I think I think you stay patient with Shane Beamer at least another couple seasons.
0: Yeah, and they've got a sneaky, sneaky young talent on this team, too. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, Pup Howard is the linebacker that they really, really like, for, former four-star. Uh, Nick Harbor, who I don't know if you guys saw this kid playing. I mean, he, he's an absolute force. And then they've got – um, he's, I think his name's Dylan Stewart. I got his recruiting class picked up right there. Yeah, Dylan Stewart, the five-star edge out of Washington, D.C., who's committed uh, top 20 player in the country per 24-7. So, I mean, I, you know – they're trending up Beamer has made South Carolina fun. It's just, you got to get the results because I think that we've all seen programs that, yes, there's a lot of excitement, the, the social media, all this kind of stuff, but you got to win football games. I think next year is a pivotal year um, in the sense of, you know, being comfortable into, uh, you know, finding that identity as a, uh, as, as a team as well. So. And I think, I
2: think that's going to be at the quarterback position because yeah, you're going to lose Spencer Rattler. Is it, Luke Doty, he'll be back. Is it Tanner Bailey going to step up as a – I think he'll be a redshirt freshman. I'll throw up if Uh, it's Luke Doty, by the way. (laughs) They've got another freshman quarterback, Lenora Sellers. Uh, One of those guys got to step up. Lenora Sellers
0: is a a freak, and, um, you know, he decided to go to South Carolina over Georgia Tech late in the cycle last year, so that's another loss for the Jacket fans. Going to be very, very interesting. Ralph, your thoughts uh, on this? If
2: he goes Luke Doty, he's punting.
0: And yeah, not I'm going to say one thing,
1: and this is, this is going off what uh, Dr. Bob had to say about Graham Mertz. Um, we, we have talked about how we're talking about Bieber ball and like, that loss of Florida hurts. But Graham Mertz is playing one of the best football right now. He's third okay. in the country in, in completion percentage. Is Florida really that bad to lose to, though? If they're playing No. This well. Yes, I, I, yes. I don't know. I don't. What lose. are his air
2: yards on his throws? They got to be less than five yards. He d- they don't no, throw the ball, ball down the field.
1: Nine yards per uh, per pass. Per per, game. Per, game. per pass or per attempt. Per attempt. Per attempt. Sorry, that's, that's, that'll be something interesting to watch. We don't, don't have our field. we don't have
0: our PFF pulled up. That's the problem. My 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 apologies. I want to see yeah, his
1: no, air yards. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's running his course. I, I I still think he's got some time there. It, they they don't really have all the all the answers they need on the offensive line they're they're broken up front you got to get some guys in there to you know fill in those holes and i think you give him a few more years i don't think it's time to say i'm
0: it's... not and i'm not saying well, i'm not I, saying I, I, I in know. the sense that you we should that they should fire him i'm saying right. the idea of just being opportunistic you can't do that like i would say right. these some that i would say the same exact thing For Georgia Tech, like you can't, you have to at some point play consistent football and have an identity. You can't just live in this sphere of we're going to lose to Bowling Green and then we're going to beat Miami on a crazy play. Like, you can't, you can't be, you know, take advantage of one of the craziest home atmospheres and beat a Tennessee team when their quarterback tears his ACL that you were going to win, anyways. I'll say it you were going to win that game, anyways and then lose, you know, to North Carolina, these teams that just don't even look competitive. Like, right. they have so, to find some type of identity. That's, yeah, I guess, what it,
1: I would mean, Yeah, I I agree with that. And I don't know – I hate that we're using Beamer Ball. I, I hate that we're using that for, for Shane Beamer because it's not fair to him. His dad built such a legacy in Virginia Tech. It's not fair to say it's Beamer Ball. It's not because it's it's not what Frank Beamer was doing there. Frank Beamer was the best defensive-minded you know, coach in all time. So, yeah. You know, this this is something I want to I just wanted to this, this say out there. It's just you know, I don't think it's time to say anything. I think we should just get rid of Beamer Ball in general for him because it's not fair to him.
2: Well, it's not what he does. It's not how right. He's he's not he's he, on a defense. It's not how we he describe
1: really. it. Yeah, yeah he, he's not like a. And I know we're just using this term just for Beamer Ball because just say his Beamer ran his course there. But you know, I, I just I think you know I see see all the time on you know ESPN and you know Twitter and all that stuff. So I don't like, watch ESPN,
0: but yeah.
1: I, I don't watch me either. After watch what well, I watched on Friday happened, um, so MS ESPN. Yeah, that's just it's just it's terrible. It is what it is. I
0: have no clue what y'all are talking about. I even keep going.
1: You didn't know, but you didn't see the high school game what happened with the Buford Mill Creek game.
0: They oh, just, oh yeah, they Bryce cut it off for
2: babies- NBA preseason. Bryce? Bryce had to babysit all weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. just keep rolling. I'm, I'm, I'm go good. To, I, all <laughs> right, go to the next one, please. Go to the next <laughs> one. Go to the next one. <laughs> All right, last one here, we're gonna wrap this uh, this segment up here, just just a brutally long show tonight. Um, is Alabama still a title contender? I think this is a fair, you know, question to ask. Um, as as much as Alabama has not looked like Alabama this year, I think one, we can say, no one has really looked like Alabama outside of a team like Georgia over the past, you know, several years. That's just how elite Alabama has been. They've just been in a class of their own. But I I, I think Jonesy's talking about this. Yes, until they're not. I kind of agree with that. Like I just don't think you can discount Alabama. Just right now, like until they potentially lose this weekend against Tennessee or they potentially lose against LSU, like they're going to be a part of the conversation going forward, especially if they get to Atlanta. So I don't know. Are they still a title contender? Mm, I think they're a playoff contender just based on, you know, what we're talking about right now. I think that's 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 where I would sit. Will, your thoughts?
2: My question would be, why? Why are they part of the conversation? This is not a national champ, not a national championship caliber team. Yeah, um, it's just a fact. I think they've got a national championship caliber defense, but not as as a whole team. This offense, they're not going to be able to score. You look at the teams around them in the AP: Oregon State six and one, North Carolina six and zero. North Carolina is still number ten behind Texas and Oregon. I don't agree with that. Uh, I don't. I don't think Alabama's a title contender. They're an SEC title contender, um, but. I don't think this team can win a national championship. I don't, but not to say that they won't, because you can definitely, even in 2023 in college football, uh, you can win games with defense and running the ball and ball control. I mean, Alabama's doing it this year. Ohio State's doing it this year. Oklahoma, and eh, not really. They air it out. But Penn State kind of, sort of, with, with Drew Aller. I mean, he throws a ton, but but they they run run the ball really well and play yeah. really good defense. So they can do it. I just don't I don't think they're a title contender. I don't I don't I don't like the word. I don't think we should be talking about them like this.
0: Well, that's why it's posed as a question. You know, it's not I I'm not saying I'm not saying they are. Probably. I think Don't that, even ask, a question. Should don't even even ask the question. They shouldn't even be. Yeah, it shouldn't be ranked. <laughs> they don't play nobody, Paul. Um look, are they a title contender? I don't think so. I think that I will just say this, I just say, I care. I carefully examine Alabama. I just don't care. I don't care how bad they've looked. It just feels like Alabama is one of been those programs. Maybe it's recency bias. I wouldn't even call it recency bias. I would call it past decade bias. Like just they have the proof for them is until they're not out of it until they're absolutely freaking out of it. So that's kind of where I sit with this. No, well, I agree. I don't think they can win a national championship. I don't think, I think that Jalen Milro is great at throwing the deep ball and is average to below average and about everything else that we, we, you know, we talk about. Um, in, you know, when we talk about throwing the football, but, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting. Ralph, your thoughts on, uh, wh- how do you feel about this Alabama team kind of rolling into the back half of their schedule? And it's going to be a tough one.
1: Yeah. Look, I'm just going to say just a few things. Uh, I never doubt Saban. I've learned that from the past. You just never doubt Saban out. Secondly, I just don't know if they, if they have the right quarterback for this. I just don't think mm-hmm. going forward that Milrose, their answer to even push them toward a title in the first place. Um, I like, you know, Ty Simpson in the beginning of the season. I thought he'd probably be at this point was stepping to be the starting job. Obviously we haven't seen him play since U, uh, South Florida. So I don't know. I, I mean, they're, they're a very, this offense lines looks terrible. You know they they gave up what five sacks on Saturday. Yeah, it's just that's just not what Alabama is used to seeing. So no, they're not. I don't think this this is this is what this is not this is the team that you know everyone thought Alabama was going to be. A lot of people were saying Alabama was gonna be, you know just a bounce back year. They might go undefeated. I just don't see it. This is not the team that I was expecting to see this year for them.
0: Yeah, the problems at quarterback are just too much. I think the lack of a dynamic threat and consistent threat at the quarterback position. Uh, I I agree with Mr. Singh down there. I think that they're, I do think they're a top 20 program. I just don't think that, I think they're in that tier two when you talk about teams as far as title contention. They're a couple pieces away. Because like you said, Will, that is a championship level defense. And that's why I'm really excited to watch them play LSU. Championship level offense against championship level defense. And then whatever the heck's going to happen on the other side of the ball is probably going to decide it. (laughs) You know, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch. We're going to take one more break. Long show tonight. We're going to get into our top four, and then we'll be out for tonight. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay tuned. 30 more seconds, and we'll be back right here. (laughs) Your soap is (laughs) – and your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell, titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go, naked. Make sure to use code BryceCoon ten percent off your order for Doctor Squatch. Just got in their 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 best sense they've got, and uh, man, it's 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 fantastic. It's some it's some good stuff. They also, you know, you can buy those at Walmart or wherever big uh, big box store that you want to as well. But we encourage you to use that code. Helps out the show and allows us to keep doing this. Um, you know, for as long as we're gonna do it, we'll see if we do it after this show. I'm not sure. That being said, let's get into our top four final segment of tonight's show. Will we're gonna roll with you first? Uh, I know this is out of order. Will. Tell me your top four. Ralph has revealed it. And you walked me through your decision-making of, uh, why do you feel like these are the best four teams in the country?
2: Uh, Georgia, you look at what they've done. Uh, I said it after the Auburn game. I think they needed to go on the road and, and figure out who they are. They got off to a slow start against Vanderbilt, but, I mean, they, you never felt after that first quarter that they didn't have full control of, of that game. Uh Interesting to see how they look without Brock Bowers. They've got two weeks to try to figure that out before they play Florida. Uh, i got Georgia at the top. Number two, Washington. They beat a top-ten team at home in a close game, and mm-hmm. I think Washington is a complete team, more of a complete team than I thought they were. Uh, the number two, Florida State at number three. I'm not discounting that LSU win. I'm not discounting them going on the road beating Clemson. Uh, they handled a, a – pretty good Syracuse team made them look like a not so good team but I think uh you know Florida State hasn't looked as explosive offensively uh as they would like to and as I would like to see them so I put Washington ahead of them uh and number four Penn State I have Penn State over Ohio State uh they'll be playing this weekend mainly because Penn State offensively I think is much more explosive I think they're a lot better offense than Ohio State uh Ohio State looked good against Purdue, but it was Purdue. Uh they should beat them 41 to 7. Uh Kyle McCord he's going to really have to step up if 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 Ohio State wants to beat Michigan uh and beat I just realized I didn't have Michigan in my top 4. That's funny. Um <laughs> if they want to beat Michigan, if they want to win the Big 10 and make the playoff, um Penn State at 4, I, I I'm really high on Penn State. I think Penn State's really really good. Um and they Thumped uh, Tyson Pomachan this this weekend, sixty three to zip. So I'll I'll slot them ahead of Michigan this week.
0: It's it's Pumachan. It's the puma. Whatever. It's Tyson Pumachan. You don't Whatever. remember the guy? You didn't. You don't remember him? Just, just right the, his name continuously being called on the speakers in Jordan Air. I wasn't there. Oh, I didn't know. That's it's not funny. a U in his name. It's actually an H, and we don't know yeah. why. Pumachan, uh, um. That Excuse being me. said. I'm gonna roll with I'm gonna roll with Ralphs. You, you roll with your, yours because you and I are a little bit similar in this sense. We have a new well, number one. I'm gonna throw my comment up there, also with it. Okay, I'm show okay, yeah. I'm Go ahead, show the your comment.
1: comment. Yeah, I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna throw this one first. Okay, uh, so I have Michigan ahead. number one, and the main reason why I have number one, and then I'm throw a comment up from a uh, good old Jackson Gordy here. I, I agree. You can't expect them to be number one team if they're beating Vanderbilt by, by, by this much. This is a team that should be beating everyone by by a lot more. This is not – this was a terrible-looking Georgia performance in my opinion. You didn't play very well. You didn't play to your, your, to your standard. You're playing on the road in the crappiest stadium right now, who has – they have construction work going on in both sides of the end zone. It is horrendous watching this right now. I don't see how you focus playing a game when that's going on in the, in the background. But – Back to my top four, I have Michigan 1 because they they handle business against the teams that they should handle business against. You go out and play Indiana, you give up one touchdown, then you score seven touchdowns after that. That's how you beat the crappy teams. That's how you should handle business, no matter who it is. I got Georgia at two because they still, still Georgia. I mean, look, I know mm-hmm. what I just said, but they're still number two. They're still undefeated. They're, they're very good. They're going to get better. Hopefully, Brock Bowers gets back later in the season for them for a playoff run. Who knows? Washington at three. Obviously, the win against Oregon is huge for them. It pushes them forward uh, to three over Ohio State. And Ohio State at four, I, my four is, is – it might just keep rotating at of four. I mean, honestly, it, I just don't have a solid four right now. Penn State's up there with them. Um, I still got Florida State up there at four. It, it, it's just it, – it's a, it's a four. It's just a, you know, a rotating team for me right now. So, uh, I just don't think there's a true
0: top four. I, I feel like there's a true top three, though. Hmm. Hmm. I just made a last second change, Ralph. You, we, we can throw mine up there now. Uh, I, I I'm I'm gonna throw mine out here. I, I kept Georgia one. I had jo- Michigan flipped you had Michigan, here. You were right I right had there. Michigan flipped, and then I think Jackson Gordy's argument just turned me the other way. I I, I do. Georgia one, Michigan two, Michigan three. Um that. what'd you say?
2: I was hoping we weren't gonna discuss that comment. Yeah.
0: Uh, one Georgia, two, Michigan, three, Washington, four, Florida state. The reason I say this is I still think that Georgia is the is the best country in the sense of just winning football games uh, to to the comment of they only beat them thirty seven to twenty and look, it, it's it's still college football. there There are still teams that are going to try to beat you. You're not going to kind of I think the idea that they need to go and just beat everybody forty two to ten is just absurd. like, it is, it is. And this is a different team than last year. It's not the same group of guys, not the same, like just like last year's group was not the same group the year before. Uh, that being said, I do think Georgia is number one because they have gone into tough environments. They've gone into an Auburn game and they were able to win, you know, regardless if you think Auburn's awful or not, it's still an environment. And Will would say this too Auburn plays, I would say, if Auburn is a C minus team right now, Auburn plays at about a B level or B plus level when they're playing at home in big game environments. They are they you could put their ranking up maybe 15 to 20 more spots when they're playing at home. It's just a different it's a different thing if you haven't been a part of it then you just you really I don't think you can understand that. Uh, if you haven't been a part of an Auburn game. So I think that Georgia is just kind of taking care of business. I don't I'm not saying that we should say they're an elite team because they beat Kentucky 51 to 13. Um, or whatever the final score to that game was I just I think they're just a good football team and they're just finding ways to win and they're just building like uh, being the number one team of the country and Kirby smart said this it doesn't mean a lot right now like you want to be number one at the end and they understand what that means. I got Michigan number two I mean they still have not played anybody um For me you know I don't think I think that they are a really really good team though and it's gonna be interesting and to see. When they get into contests, they play Penn State this weekend, correct? Or no, they play Michigan. Michigan They still play nobody. I mean, they're going to play Michigan State this weekend. That program's in shambles. Uh, So we'll kind of see the back half of their schedule. But I do think it's a very, very good football team. This is, for me, three and four. Um, I think Washington did enough for me to to push themselves into this top four after what they were able to do. I know we had all been kind of teetering on for, you know, Washington, Oregon, where they ranked in this right now. Um, I, I, you know, you guys talked about this earlier. Washington, to me, is the the lead horse, you know, in, in this sense of, of the Pac-12 race. And then once again, uh, you know, Florida State, I've got the number four. I think they have the entire recipe, all the ingredients to win a national title they have just been. People just have been kind of like not talking about them because they had their their marquee wins in the first four weeks of the season. So they really, and you know, they've just been kind of taking care of business. Basically, beat an LSU did, team. That's going to be a fun one. I, I, that's going to be a good game. They beat an LSU team. That's going to uh, you know looks that win continues to look better and better. Especially if LSU can find a way to get to the SEC championship. They beat a Clemson team there. That's never going to be easy. They did something. You know, I, I just think it's hilarious when people try to come on here or any other show or thing, and they try to continuously move the goalpost back on really good football teams and say, well, well, they can't do this, or they hadn't done this. It's like, what else do you want them to do? This isn't a video game where you just get to, you know, edit the rosters and you can just beat somebody 65 to nothing. Like, these are really good football teams. I'll tell you one thing. If this is the Final Four, I don't know who wins the national championship. Like, I think that it would be one of the most even final fours, just mine in particular. Like, that would be kind of one of the most even final fours we could possibly see with what we know through seven weeks. So, obviously, it will be very, very interesting as well. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. been a fantastic show to have you along with us for a little, almost almost 90-minute show tonight. I got to get off and tell my wife goodnight, you know, uh, before we hop on Farming Simulator. So, uh, that being said, Will Manis. Ralph Lear, my name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. We're going to have a show with Will tomorrow kind of talking about not necessarily so much of what happened, a reaction, but more of what is Auburn Auburn going to do going forward. If you want to see um, my
2: tears, tune in yeah
0: Wednesday night we're going to be right back Week eight college football preview a lot of fun games the big slate there as well and then for Georgia Tech fans on Thursday evening we're going to be previewing that game against Boston College that I caution you it's a, it, the spread has gone up to I believe from four and a half to five and I'm, there's a lot of talk that it might go up to six and a half I don't think this game is as shooing as people think Boston College is a very it's a pretty solid football team and uh Once again, you haven't done anything to make me feel like you can confidently go anywhere and beat anybody. That's what we're going to talk about that on Thursday night. And um, we'll catch you next time here on The Crowded Booth. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody.
1: Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The Crowded Booth is coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coon.